0: That gospel lesson is one that I like to call a feel-good story, isn't it? Man, lift you up. Today is the second week of a six-week series that we are calling Making Sense of the Bible as we launch into a year in which we are studying the entire Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Today, we are looking at the entire Old Testament in one sermon. I hope you had no lunch plans. The Old Testament was written over thousands of years by dozens and dozens of different people, compiled to tell the story of how God is working in the world. All of that comes to us as Christian people in a very important way because it puts together the context around the person of Jesus. And as we just heard in today's gospel lesson, Jesus comes in and disrupts the order of the world, particularly for the Jewish people. And it's difficult for us to understand just how Jesus is trying to disrupt things if we don't really know how we got there. And so the Old Testament, the Old Testament is the story of God's love for all of humanity. You see, God really wants us to be with him, to be whole, to be complete, to live the kind of life that God meant for us to live. And yet we mess up over and over and over again. The Old Testament is really a story about how, even though we mess up, even though humanity makes mistake after mistake after mistake, God's faithfulness stays true. So, the Old Testament can be defined really in three parts. So, if you take nothing else away from this sermon, I want you to remember these three parts it's a story of God's history of faithfulness, God's passion for holiness. And God's promise of salvation. Those three parts define the entire Old Testament and set us up for the person, the incarnation of God in the world in Jesus. So we're going to start with God's history of faithfulness. History of faithfulness. Right now in Sunday school, all ages are learning the epic stories of Genesis. Those epic stories are about incredible things like the Garden of Eden and the flood with Noah and the way in which Abraham and his descendants finally find their way into slavery in Egypt. Those epic stories create a line of—a thread of the story of how God will never let us go, that every time we make a mistake, God comes back and says, I still want you, and we're going to try again, and then we make a mistake— And God says, we're going to try again. And the promises get better and better as we go. So not only is God remaining faithful, but God's vision for us is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. As we step through things like falling from Eden or after the flood, we get to Abraham and the vision of his descendants filling the entire earth. And those stories are so hopeful, one after another, except that when those stories were really being written down, the people, the Israelite people, were in bondage in Egypt. And that's when we get to part two God's passion for holiness. See, God had this history of faithfulness, but it wasn't until Moses leads the people out of Egypt and they receive the law from God that they create a set of practices that allow them to be a people grounded in holiness, in worship and in gratitude for what God has done for them. As they receive the law at Sinai, the Israelite people begin to become the Jewish people. Judaism is rooted in that moment with the law because, you see, God's promises up until that point just hadn't quite worked. And so God thinks, let's give them law, and perhaps that will create parameters and keep them on the rails. That works for a little bit, But as you know, not for long. God's people, the Jewish people, begin to come off the rails. And so God begins to speak through prophets. And as God speaks through the prophets, God makes a promise of salvation. And the promise of salvation is that at some point, God will do something so big, so profound, so significant... That humanity will no longer be able to resist the truth that God loves us unconditionally and wants us to love him back. That sets us up for what will come in the New Testament in the person of Jesus. This story of humanity's rise and fall and ups and downs is something that prepares us to understand the context around today's gospel lesson where the Pharisees and the scribes come to Jesus and they say, hey, your people, your followers, are not washing their hands the right way. And Jesus, I can only imagine, looks at them like, Is that, are you seriously worried about the way in which they wash their hands? But the issue has become, for the Jewish people, the desire to live a life of holiness has created an incredibly complex set of laws that ultimately bind the people rather than setting them free. You see, God wants everyone, wants every person to come to him. And when God chose a certain set of people who became the Jewish people, God's chosen people was not meant to be exclusive. They were not meant to be somewhat separate from the rest of the world. They were meant to be the ambassadors out into the world, bringing everyone to God. But what happens is human nature. And we understand that, right? We're sitting in a church, worshiping in a particular way, the way we like, with rules that we think really keep us tight and keep us the kind of people we want to be. And yet today we are reminded through this whole big story of the Old Testament and what Jesus brings to disrupt all the law, that our rules and our parameters and our structures is not what ultimately saves us, God's promise of salvation is not about the way that we act, but it's about what's inside. That's the message that God has been sending from the start. And what I really want you to know about the Old Testament is that God has not changed His mind. God has been saying the same thing over and over again. And we have simply misunderstood. As we consider the entire Bible this year, as we look at God's great arc of salvation, what it really is, is a great love story. You see, we are loved, every one of us. Everyone out there is loved too. And we have not been chosen special because God loves all of us in these pews most, although it is Labor Day weekend and you're here, so you might get a little extra credit. But it is not about who we are as something special. God loves every person, and we have been chosen to be here not for the story to end, but to become the ambassadors, to reflect the light in the world of what God is calling every single person into, that what we have here is something very special, because God created us to be the light In the darkness. God created us to be loving in the world. God created us to work toward peace that passes all understanding, that peace and that love brings hope to a world that seems to have lost the hope that God wants for us. We find hope here just as people have found hope in God for centuries, for millennia, and beyond. The hope that we find here is not something that should stay within these walls. The hope that we find here is an opportunity for us to invite everyone into this perfect idea, this perfect love story, so that no one is ever left out, that everyone who feels lost is found, and that the ultimate purpose of God, that we would be in and complete and whole with him, will be realized not in some future time, but right now. The story continues next week with the New Testament. I look forward to seeing you there. Amen.